Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of the Service Without Excuses podcast, episode number 107. We are just counting them down. Got some brand new ones coming out. Um, you heard me, if you listen to my podcast yesterday, you heard my reasons for why I decided to get back into the game and do the podcasting. I really did enjoy it. I really do love it. And uh, I really wanted to be part of my regular business model as well as you know helping others grow their businesses well one podcast at a time so i found my own little tag saying and that's exactly what it is because every single episode we do is something different it's always related to a different subject um so it's never going to be a, a continuous thing or just a breaking news story although those are nice it's going to be really specific to a subject so when you listen to one of these podcast episodes if it's five minutes ten minutes it's an hour it's going to be specific it doesn't matter if it's a guest it's on a specific um, subject. So I wanted to be able to bring you another particular subject I have with my coaching clients personally. I've experienced this in my own business and uh, learned the cost numbers, but I'm not going to use my numbers off. I'm going to use national numbers um, off of an ex uh, really a, uh, actually a pretty brilliant article. We're going to get that in a second. But the, uh, the reason for this podcast today is how expensive is it really to lose technical staff in your business or staff in general? Because obviously getting a technician, if you're a plumbing contractor, is going to cost an awful lot more um, to acquire a new uh, plumber, especially if they're a journeyman or master plumber or, um, you know, experienced person. But even for our business to get somebody on the truck to do hard surface cleaning, to do carpets, to do stuff like that, for our standards, our SOP, Standard Operating Procedures and Systems or SOPs, you've probably heard that term from me or someone else before, Um just kind of uh, takes time. I, I guess there's no real other way to say it. I can't just put somebody on a truck. I don't care if they've worked for another competitor of mine or another company, or they've even owned their own company. I don't know if the quality is going to be the same. I don't know if it's still going to be the same um, effort and and you know response that we're going to look for out of them. So they're still starting over from the get-go. Yes, they have some real-world relative experience, and that's extremely helpful. But at the end of the day, the way we do things is going to be a little bit different, as is another company. If you go to from our company, it's going to be different. So the whole key of this particular podcast is how expensive is it and when is it either not worth it? Well, there's an old saying, um, you want to hire slow and fire fast. And the reason for that is you want to find out all the information about who you're hiring and who's going to be part of your company and part of your staff. And you want to go through multiple interviews. And I've talked about this in other podcast episodes in the past. You want to do a multi-interview process. You never want to interview somebody and say, wow, I'm going to hire you right then and there that day. Um, even if emotions are high and you're going, this is the perfect person. I don't want to lose them to somebody else. I really need to get them into my fold very quickly. It's not a good idea. And even if you if you feel that this person is a real good candidate, then move up your process a little bit and say, listen, I'm going to interview interview number one today. I'm going to interview number two. Um, it could be tomorrow or the day after and a little bit go forward. You can move that process up, but you still want to have multiple interviews when it comes to that. And when there's, a, when there's an infraction, a real serious issue, that's when you know you have to make that decision because you've done your quote unquote due diligence up front. And key words are due diligence in that you found out, you've done your background check. Sure, there's going to be things you cannot do. Things a criminal background check won't pick up. But at least if you try to do them, you know, you're, you're going to be farther ahead. And at that point, if somebody does something, you know, it's a serious issue and you've done all your diligence ahead of time. And it doesn't matter if the employee's been there or technician's been there for three days or three years. Um, sometimes it's time to cut the cord in quickly. So, um, but today's podcast is about 
how expensive is that really? And I think sometimes it holds business owners back. Um, but you also have to look at the other side. How expensive are they being there at your facility, being there as part of your staff going out into homes or businesses? And are they truly actually costing you more money at the end of the day? So we're going to get into podcast right now. How expensive is it to lose people? Well, I got a little uh, article here. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, let's see. Get my share screen here. Get over to here. I'm a little quicker with it now. There we go. Employee retention, the real cost of losing an employee. Now, again, this is not technical staff because if I use technical staff within this, it's probably going to get much higher in cost, but we can prorate it. And as we do this podcast recording, we can get into a little bit more. Uh, employee retention, the real cost of losing an employee. And you can see here for organizations to thrive in today's economy, and this was just written in June of this year, finding and retaining the best, finding and retaining, sorry, the best employees is vital. This is especially challenging for small businesses and nonprofit organizations that have to compete with larger businesses and larger budgets and talent. By the way, that that falls through to even small service businesses versus bigger service businesses. Sometimes the bigger companies can offer a greater salary, can offer greater benefits, can offer greater paid time off, sick time. There's all things that a larger service company can offer most of the time to their staff that smaller ones can't. So that still falls through with what you hear today. Offering a high annual salary isn't the only way to complete the larger uh, compete with larger employers. Benefits also play a large role in employee retention. If you offer employees benefits that are personalized for their needs, the turnover for your employee rate is tends to be lower. And I'm going to parlay on that. I have a colleague of mine that um, went to work for another company and his salary was a little bit higher at the new job. And he thought, wow, this is great. I'm going to do better. But he didn't do his own personal due diligence and found out that his health insurance copay costs were going to be higher, not for him as an employee of the company, but for his family. Now, the smaller company, believe it or not, going to a larger company, the larger company actually had higher health care coverage costs. I'm not sure how they did that or who is negotiating that that, but I would actually question if they're really that great at their job in, at the end of the day, too, as well, because it shouldn't be. The bigger your buying rate, the bigger your your possibilities, the better off you're going to be. So um, I don't know how it was, but he had a, a considerable higher rate. He had about a 20% increase in rate um, of his pay, but his health insurance for his copay for his family was considerably higher than what he had with the previous small company. So don't assume anything. You got to do your due diligence too. In this article, we go over employee turnover matters and how it can hurt your organization and strategies to prevent it. Um, what does employee turnover, uh, why does it matter? According to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, which is our national regulating agency on it, the number of U.S. employees voluntarily leaving their job has gone up in the last year and a trend known as the Great Resignation. It's real. Um, this is especially evident in the industries like professional and business services, manufacturing, and retail, which is our service business industries. They're coming, they're leaving one job and going to the competitor the next day. They're not waiting to find another job. They literally can go the same day and be rehired somewhere else because the labor pool in our industry is so low and so hard to get for most companies in the service industry. Um, and this is the feedback I get from my clients and I get from other people that are not my clients. And let's say hundreds are involved in this statement. It's a wide issue, and especially in the service business, because if they feel they're going to get a better deal going down the street to someone else, there's a good chance they're going to go. They're not going to necessarily stick it out. My generation would usually stick it out. Now, I'm 50 or be 50 shortly. So I've been at the business a long time, 30 years. Um, it goes way back, starting way, way, way back. Um, and I could tell you that 
back then the mindset was i'm going to work hard move up within the ranks of the organization sure i'm going to have a few bumps sure maybe the owner's not the perfect guy the manager's not the perfect guy but i'm going to work my ass off and i'm going to move up the chain i'm going to move up as quick as i possibly can and that has, that's gone that mindset that thought process is completely gone today opposed to what it was years ago and now what they're doing is instead of what can I do for the organization? It's what can the organization do for me? I'm not faulting on either side. I think both have complete merit. I think the hard work to move up has been tested by a lot of people. And if they work for a good employer, they stayed there for their life, their whole career, and then they retired. And then there's other people that you know were tested and things did not work out good. So both sides have merit. I mean, really, honestly, it's a commitment on both sides because we as employers need to find good qualified people that can do the job working for new jersey's best is not a hard job it's just a job we need consistency on we need to know there are certain variables that a person can do to retain their employment here at our company and i don't know if you're the same way but i would assume most are um so there's those principles that have to be followed those systems and procedures that have to be followed the sops again standard operating procedures and systems so those things have to be there and we want that done but at the end of the day our guys work independently. They're in the house. They're doing the job. They're letting getting to a job site, letting us know how long they're approximately going to be there, um, letting them know if there's any challenges that they know about ahead of time that's going to delay their time or increase their time, whatever that happens to be. And we know those things, but they're really working independent. I mean, we have tracking mechanisms and we know places right to where they're at, right to GPS tracking, right to uh, client information. We know. But at the same time, they're on the job running that job itself. So they have to have the freedom and ability to do that. If you're micromanaging your staff members every time they're out there because you're feeling they're not competent enough to handle the job, that's a great way to lose a lot of people very quickly. So think about that. You have to let them run and go. And I think that's a big problem, micromanagement. And that's why I think a lot of turnover has happened now. But again, now it's about what can the company do for me? And if they can't do what I feel is adequate or right for me, I'm going to decide to move on to something else. Again, not a right or wrong issue. Um, again, it used to be we'd laugh at that and say, listen, we're the ones providing work and opportunity, and how dare they? Well, wisdom and time and hiring and coaching and consulting for different companies, I've learned that's just a stupid statement. It's it's not because it has to be a win-win, just like when you're dealing with your clients. you know, It has to be a win-win for both sides. So think about that. Uh, employee turnover lowers morale. It does. One of the first changes you'll notice after losing employees is a decrease in employee morale. As more employees leave, the ones that may have lost a valuable work friend, which means uh, more than you might think. According to the study of Office Vibe, 70% of employees say that having a friend at work is the most crucial element in a happy work life. Very strong words there. What's more, uh, 50% of the employees and best friends uh, at work repeatedly have feelings of stronger connections with organization. You have a bond between one another. You're working with somebody in a house. You get a rhythm down. If you're a plumber and you got a, two guys working on a truck and the, the, the usually have a lead person or a master plumber or whatever it is, somebody that's training underneath them, they're going to be teaching the person below them, hey, I need this tool. I need this tool. This needs to get done. If that person leaves, that lead technician or that master plumber or that journeyman plumber has to go and start all over with somebody else. And that is going to lower morale. Um, I can tell you that one of the hardest jobs I had and when I was in the field was as a lead tech and a trainer. The lead tech always got new hires right off the bat. 
and elite tech, the companies I work for still work for commission. So your job was not guaranteed. Now, I knew I was going to have some back-end stuff that was going to make it up to me, but I had to still work a lot harder in that position. So if I had a new trainee that was great, um, awesome. But if a trainee was not so good and I had to restart from scratch, it really affected my day and it affected the outcome of the business. So I would say that's... Uh, that's a big uh, flag right there. Try the retainment of the bond between employees, between technicians, between staff is nothing to be uh, joked about. So um, uh, losing employee, I think we said uh, the cost of employee turnover is high. Uh, perhaps the largest concern employees turnover present is the financial cost of recruiting and training new employees to replace the ones you have lost. While the exact cost of turnovers vary. There is no question it's something employees, employers, I'm sorry, need to manage. The average cost of losing employee can cost thousands. Uh, some studies predict that every time a business replaces a salaried employee, it costs six to nine months of salary on average. For a manager making $60,000 a year, that's $30,000 to 45,000 in recruiting and training expenses. However, uh, turnover seems to be uh, wage on the, it's uh, varies on wage and role of employee. And I'm gonna tell you something. A buddy of mine is a recruiter. Now he recruits for large companies. They pay him, and I kid you not, thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars to find the right people. Think about that. A recruiter, to get a qualified candidate that lasts with the company more than a year can make $10,000 or more by finding the right candidate. That's how important and that's how expensive it is for employers to find, recruit, and maintain new people. Now, just pass that down to your little business that might be doing $500,000, a million dollars a year, a couple million dollars a year, or it's doing $250,000 a year. Just take that whole train and roll it downhill. Take that ball and roll it downhill. It It's the same thing. You're spending tens of thousands of dollars in your business to rehire a new technician. Okay, so if you want a plumbing, co plumbing company, rather, an HVAC company, painting company, hell, a carpet and tile cleaning company, I'm going to tell you it's going to cost you 10 Gs to find the right person. I'm going to flat out tell you I've learned it in my own business. I've looked at the numbers. It's very important for me to retain, hire, retain, and manage and work with qualified, high-quality people in our company. So, Think about the cost of what it costs. Going back, we're going to take a 180 back to what we talked about before. Taking the time to do a slow interview, multi-step interview, is going to save you thousands, tens of thousands. And that's if the employee works out and just leaves on their own. Say they become a bad employee and didn't do due diligence, and you brought them in there and something terrible happened. Could cost you everything. Everything you've built up for. Take your time. If you find the right people, mentor them, work with them, and try and keep them, guys. So, again, hire slow, fire fast. That's my thought process onto it. Um, so, we're going to get down into the very point. For example, some reports averaging costs to replace an employee are $1,500 for an hourly employee. Not terrible. 100% of the 150% of the employer's salary for technical positions, 100% to 150% of the employee's salary for technical positions, which means if that technical staff member is making sixty-five dollars to $85,000 a year, you got your number, all right? 
up 213% from an employee salary in a C-suite position, which is a corporate suite position. Uh, what's the real cost of losing employee? And you can see these little things. I invite you, I'm not going to go through all of them, but um, you can see the factors include recruitment costs, onboarding costs, lost productivity, lost engagement impact with an employee morale, uh, customer service errors, training costs, lost institutional knowledge, and the cultural impact on each other. And and of course, you, this is a great article, um, uh, why so many reasons employee might leave their current role. And uh, I'll actually put this link at the bottom of the show notes, and you'll see it. And I, I, I highly recommend you take your time, find the right people, mentor and train. You should have a mentoring program in your business. If you do not, it's something we require our clients to have. So retainment is huge to people we work with in our company. Retainment is huge in our service company when it comes to people, but even working with our clients in the coaching consulting capacity, um, it's a big thing and it's only getting bigger. So have a mentor program in place. I think that can really change that. Have that mentor program in writing. Have it in a systemization output. We have mentor program uh, templates that we work with our private clients on that go through the entire step from the day they walk in the door, day one for training. It has to be training, by the way. I don't care if the training includes some real-life stuff and includes classroom training, but there is some serious training right off the bat because if we don't teach the people that we are going to bring into organization how to succeed, they won't. It's not unless you've got an AAA lister type employee that is just a top producer in the words, immortal words of Chet Holmes, unless you've got a top producer. Top producer is not always a salesperson. Top producer is a top producer for your company. And the rare, they are so rare. They are right around the one and a half to two percent of what's out there in the hiring pool. That tells you something. And uh, they're hard to get. So, you know, you ha- might have a person that can upgrade to a top producer through time and experience and mostly motivation on their part to make that work. So, again, guys, I really want to think about this. What is the true expense of losing employee? How expensive is it? Shit, it's real expensive, guys. It, and 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 I, you know the numbers, by the way. If you have track your numbers at all in your business at all, if you're working on financial variables in your business, you're looking at the true costs in your company of holding out to people. You know your own cost. And if you need help with that, certainly reach out to us. We'll be glad to help you with it. We also ask that you go to our website, robmlyon.com. That's R-O-B-M-L-Y-O-N.com. And you can uh, get a lot of information. I write constant new blogs that are only for that. Um, There's a lot of great information. All the podcasts are loaded onto there. Subscribe for our email list. And I will tell you, if you do that, I will send you five things every service business owner needs to know right now. It's a course. It's a 25-minute course. It's not like a five-minute fly-by-night thing. It really breaks down the five variables every service business owner needs to know right now today. It's updated. Uh, I just did it for 2022. I did one for 2021. I did one for 2020. So the updated one is up right now. Um, So uh, take that thing. It's free of charge. There's no obligation to it. But uh, leave us a subscribe to our email list and we'll immediately send it right out to you, whether it comes directly from a YouTube link where we have it stored or it comes from from our autoresponder. No matter what, we're going to get over to you and we'll go from there. And uh, guys, wherever you listen to your podcast at, 
subscribe, listen to if it's Apple to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, if it's uh, Spotify, Stitcher. We appreciate you being here. No matter where you're listening to this podcast, we hope you found tremendous value from what you're getting. Again, I decided to come back on and do this podcast because my true passion is helping others. It's just the way it is. And I hope you can see that when I'm talking to you, when I'm speaking with you, when I'm living uh, living this by example in these podcasts. These are not easy to do, but worth every penny if I can help you. Okay, guys, have a great day. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining us on the Service Without Excuses podcast here.